THC, it's Samantha, back with another episode in our leadership series. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, He's completed a specialist degree in leadership from UGA. He's been in human resources at Temple Inland Forest Products Corporation, and he moved to GHC. He was named campus dean in 2009 in Douglasville and is currently the campus dean over at our Marietta location. I'd like to welcome Mr. Ken Reeves. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. I appreciate you offering the time up and and helping me with this honors project I'm working on. Absolutely. It's my honor. Um, I would like to just kind of start at the beginning. Um, How did you end up in your current leadership position? Interestingly, uh, started here at Georgia Highlands College and Human Resources, and uh, did that for about eight years. Uh, the opportunity came up where the college was expanding uh, to some different areas, and uh, they had the Douglasville and the Pauling locations come open. So, you know, wanting to do some more things in my career and just kind of expand my horizons, I uh, applied for the position, interviewed for it, and was selected for the. Uh, the position out there in Douglasville. So it's been a great opportunity for me. I've been able to learn great things, work with the students a little bit more closely than I had in the past. So it's been a really great opportunity for us. That's how I kind of got, that's how I got into uh, this leadership position as far as the campus. Yeah, I, that's been kind of a common thing throughout the interviews that I've been doing with everybody is that the, the, not, the common denominator is we want to work with our students more closely. Even um, when I had uh, Dana Nichols in here, she came in yesterday. <laughs> She said that's she loves her job, but that's one thing she's missing is she's not getting to interact with the students the way she used to. So when I sent that email to her, the same email that I sent to you, she jumped on. She was the first person to respond. So uh, not only not only um, is it awesome to move into it, but when when you move out of working closely with the students, it, it you take a hit, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you were young, what sparked your interest? What did you want to be when you grew up? That's a good question. One of the things I was interested in when I was a younger person, I always loved to read and, and I love sciences. And it's interesting that when I was a young person, my pet name my uncle had for me and some of his friends was Professor. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I love that. Yeah, so we, uh, and so I love to read, love history. Uh, you're probably too young to remember this, but the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica should come in, of course, come in a book form. Oh, I know all about the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> and my mom would buy those, and I just read them, you know, just back and forth. So I'm not really, as far as what I really want to be, it's one of the things that's kind of carried me in my career is that when I see something that I really want to do, that's what I go after and that's what I do. Yeah. And so it's probably not a lot of good advice to people because I think it's important to make goals and see some things that you really specifically want to do. But I was one of those kids that just really did not know what I wanted to do. Same boat for me. Yeah. And I think that's common, Mm -hmm. but uh, hopefully we can start putting together some metrics that will help guide children and young adults to, uh, to my thing is what their purpose is. Right. And like to walk in the purpose of what I call it. And I think that's very important because one of the things I think that, that hinders students and people in general is that they really don't have a specific idea of where they want to go. The, the, the kids and the young people who do seem to always do really, really well mm-hmm. in school and other things like that. So I think it's really important to have those metrics and things in place so we can help students and people do that. Find what they find what they're passionate and walk in their purpose. You know, I have a, a 13-year 
uh, he'll be 14 in a couple of weeks. I have a 14 year old son and, you know, we have these conversations a lot. You know, we have these, well, what are you interested in? You know, I didn't, I'm an, a non-traditional student. I went to school right out of high school. It was not my bag. Um, and I will say just kind of a plug for the honors program um, that if anybody out there is uh, thinking about the honors program, you should definitely, even if you're, you feel like you're not an honor student, you should definitely look into it. Definitely, you know, come out of your comfort zone because what I took away from the honors program or what I'm taking away, this is my last project for graduation. Um, but what I'm taking away from it is that it taught me how to be an honor student. Um, I wasn't really an honor student, all that to say. I went to college right out of high school. It didn't stick too long. I went again five years later. It didn't stick too long. I've been here since 2019 and I'm graduating in May with my bachelor's. So I'm, I've tried so hard. So I've had um, a lot of, for me, personal development, which is the reason why we're here today is to talk about that. Um, and it's really exciting to, you know, think of ideas and ways to help my son um, figure out what's going to work for him. That's part of the journey. The pathway is not the same for everybody, but I think one of the things that we've done in this country that we've set forth uh, this paradigm that is uh, middle school, high school, college. Right. And that's not the same pathway for everybody. Right. Some people are not at a specific time ready for that journey. Right. Some people are, a lot of people are not. And I think one of the things that we do as well that even though we know that a college degree is very helpful as far as uh, life attainment and earnings and things of that nature, uh, but there are also other skills that, that, that students can have or people can have in other uh, programs and jobs they can go into where they can earn just as much money and, and do fulfill. You know, one of the things that they say is working with your with your mind and your hands. Right. And you know that I, I actually offered it to my son. I said, if you want to go to a four-year school, I'm going to encourage you to do a two-year, you know, stint in a community college and then transfer. <clears throat> Stop to uh, transfer and, and he would have to work through that. He's going to need to work for the hope. He's going to need to work for the pelt, whatever he can get. He's going to have to work his butt off to make that happen. Um, and then I offered him on the other side of it, that if you want to go to trade school, I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it straight out of my pocket. You don't have to work. You just have to go to school. You can still live at home. Um, and, you know, and, and that's, that's the, that's the route he's perusing. I'm encouraging him. I don't mind paying for it, but I don't, you know, I'm a single mother and I don't have a college fund for this boy. Yeah. So this is his college fund. This is what I'm doing. I'm graduating and yeah. hoping to better myself and have some personal development and be able to help him um, take a different path than maybe I did. Well, you're setting a great example for him. Oh, I think, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So I know let's, let's go back. I want to, I know we're here to talk about personal development, but um what kind of schooling did you have to get to where you're at? Like, what what where, what did you study? Uh, what kind of degrees do you hold? Sure. Uh, from the University of Tennessee, I have a degree in political science. Again, going back to my love of reading, of writing, history, things of that nature. So I got a my bachelor's degree from the University of Tennessee. Uh, while I was in the Navy, I had the opportunity to uh, go to Troy University and get my master's in public administration. That is so cool. 
Thank you for your service. Thank that is so cool. I have a special place in my heart for Navy men because my grandfather served uh-huh. and uh, I have, like, I'll show you this. Like, sorry, guys, we're going to take a break. I have uh, I have um, Mighty Mo on my arms. That's yeah. where my grandfather served. Missouri. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Nice. It's very, very exciting. Sorry. I didn't, we went off the beaten path, but I have a, I have a certain special place in my heart for Navy men. Oh, great. So, sorry. Tory University, that's where for your master's. Tory University from master's and recently just finished uh, my specialist degree from the University of Georgia in leadership. That's awesome. Um, so let's talk about personal development. What a what is what is your definition of personal development? Sure, I think it comes in three areas. Uh, your development should be intellectual. Your development should be internal or spiritual, whichever a person may want to put that. And it also should be physical. I think all three of those things should work together before you, before you to attain personal development. Because your intellect, going to school, getting a trade, uh, learning that way, reading, writing, visiting different places. I think all those things help you as far as your personal development. And your, one of the questions we'll get to, uh, but your your internal development as far as who you are as a person and growing as a person, uh, being able to persevere through, through hard times, uh, finding people to pour into you for encouragement, for mentoring, things of that nature. And also the physical, and it doesn't have to be a person who runs a marathon or anything like that, but just doing those things to keep yourself healthy. Because if, you, if you're not healthy, mm-hmm. then all the other things become much, much more difficult. Right. So I think it comes in those three areas, and you try to do the things to try to combine those so you can so you can be a so you can professional develop personal develop and uh, and make your and hopefully be on a path to success right and how do you think that the personal development aspect of leadership kind of ties into being a leader well i think one of the things as far as a leader you have to want that responsibility a lot of people don't want the responsibility of being a leader uh, one of the things, of course, the military forces you almost into is putting you into leadership positions and, uh, and responsibility as a young person. You know, you talk about as far as the Navy is concerned, uh, you have 18 year olds who are driving carriers, mm-hmm. you know, huge ships. Mm-hmm. And so just putting you in positions for that. So I think one of the things you have to want to be in a leadership position, right. and, and it could be in small increments. Uh, it could be something that you do uh, at your local church or something, but being uh, over little kids uh, in, in a certain area. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be getting some of your friends together and maybe having a small business for cutting grass in your neighborhood. Right. So it, it could be a, a lot of a lot of things as far as those uh, things that comes But I think you have to really want it because a lot of people do not want to be in that position because right. of what comes with leadership is responsibility and accountability. Right. And uh, that's, those are scary words a lot of times for folks. So I think the main thing as far as that is for personal development and leadership, you have to really want it and open yourself up to that and to stretch yourself. You, might have to be, you have to be willing to accept the the praise along with the muddy times. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they, they come together. Yeah. And, um, and you can see, you know, with our, with our interim president, uh, Dr. Nichols, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the opportunity came up for her for to be in this position. Mm-hmm. You know, she couldn't say no. Right. But she said, Hey, this is something that I want to do. So she wanted to be in that position. Mm-hmm. So, and so it's, a, it's always a risk you can't be risk averse. I think in one or two leadership positions because of risk comes with it. Mm-hmm. There's always a possibility of things not going well or failure, mm-hmm. but the, uh, but the thing is that you learn from those as well. I was just going to say, I think that failure is so important. Mm-hmm. 
because for me, uh, you know, in my life, yeah, there was a time in my life when I was many years younger that failure was not an option. And now as I'm double that age, I'm definitely at a point where failure, I accept it. And it's a, it's a good thing for me. I always try to, I try to put a silver lining around negative things. Mm -hmm. And I always try to bring positive. And I will tell you, I actually um, told a friend this morning that um, I was sitting outside on my, my grandmother's she's passed. I was sitting outside on her swing that she had, you know, those old gliders that sit on the porch have the chairs that match that brought back and forth. I was sitting out there kind of enjoying the time. And, uh, I had sent a, a, a friend, a, uh, a text message and I'm pulling it up. I know I'm, I'm taking a minute. I can edit that out, but I want to read it because, uh, what we're talking about, I think is, is kind of hits the nail on the head. So what I, what I sent to her uh, was a picture, a coffee cup with a B on it. And underneath it, it just says positive. And it said, and the text message I sent to her, it says, I mean, how could you not be if you start a Friday morning off having delicious coffee out of a cup that was gifted to you while sitting on the glider that was your grandmother's that you have at your house, enjoying the front porch before interviewing leaders at your organization, then when can you be positive? There isn't anything negative in that sentence. I could have said, I'm up early on a Friday morning, I'm stuck in this rusty glider, and now I have to peel myself up off of it to interview these leaders at this organization. It is all perception. Try to turn something positive around for yourself today. Absolutely. So that kind of, it's weird that I, I sent that to her. She's going through a hard time. So I sent that message to her and, uh, and now here we are talking about it, you know, putting it out in the universe. It's always perspective, mm-hmm. uh, anything that you go through. And uh, one of the things that caught my attention uh, was that Michael Jordan, the successful basketball player that he was, one of the things that caught me, he said that he was not afraid to fail because he know it was all part of the process of becoming a better person, a better player, whatever the case may be. And I think people, young people need to learn that concept really, really early that everything in life that we have that's worth something, you have to work for, you have to contend for it. It's just, it's just mixed in, it's, it's baked in the cake. Right. And so part of that is failure, part of that is struggle. Part of that is contention, contending right. for things. Mm-hmm. But that's all a part of the process right. to come in for growing personally and professionally or whatever the case may be. So that's it's just part of the process. So I think that when people learn that it's not a negative thing, mm-hmm. but it's something they can teach you, mm-hmm. the only negative thing is that when failure comes or mistakes come is that you can continue to repeat the same You need to say the right words in order for it to be positive yeah. to yourself or out loud or to a mirror, whatever, Absolutely. right? So how can a leader measure the progress and timeline and the success of their goals? Uh, you've probably heard of being in the honors program. You've probably heard the acronym SMART. Yes. SMART goals. Yes. I think that's really important because of the things that it brings into play mm-hmm. uh, that you use that acronym uh, to prepare yourself to achieving your goals. For as a small example, right. uh, one of the things that I did, I wanted to, one of my goals, uh, bucket list, whatever you want to call it, was to run a Peachtree Road Race. Wow. And so I hadn't, hadn't really run before then. Mm-hmm. So I know the date of the Peachtree Road Race is on July 4th. And so this is back in January. So right. I have from January to July to train for it. A good six months. A good six months That's to train right. for it. So that was my time frame. And so what I did, I would start going to the gym. And I said, well, first of all, I'm going to run for one minute right. straight. 
And the next time I go to the gym, I run for two minutes. Right. And so I just did that over and over until I got up to running, you know, without break for 30 minutes, right. which is about the time you know, most people can run it. What I didn't do, and I did a lot of stuff further than that. But so that's just one of the things that I did. I set that goal. I set certain small steps right. to reach that goal. And so I think that's important that you set the goal, but you also that each successive thing is a victory. That one minute running without stop was a victory. Right. Two minutes. Oh yeah. was a victory, and on and on and on until I finally reached the goal of, of being able to run on the July Fourth. Right. And, and finishing the whole race without stopping, which is my, which is my ultimate goal, not to stop running. Right. So, so just a small example of a small. You guys hear that? Baby steps. Take baby steps to get to where you're going. I started the same the same way. I wanted to run. Um, I'm not a runner. I'm a softball player. Everybody, all my listeners know that. They know that I play softball. We've talked about it. Um, but I, uh, I, I wanted to run, so I decided to start running. And I ran for a year. I started, you know, like a couch to 5K, that mm-hmm. app. That's how I started. And uh, I did, I don't know, 30 or 45 Ks. I mean, I was, I made a commitment for an entire year to do one mile a day, no matter what. So if it was raining, you ran a mile. And I did my some of my best times in the rain. I'm going to tell you. It's comfortable. Right? It is. Um, it, it didn't matter what it was, but I had something that I saw on social media that somebody had posted. This has been a while ago, but I'm sure other people have seen it is, uh, we don't train for the marathon so it doesn't hurt. We train for the marathon so we can tolerate the pain. And I think that that works for, you know, personal development also, you know? Absolutely. The So the, the training part of it is like you said, so you can endure. Right. That's really the, more, the important part. So you can set your body at that particular point, prepare your body for the journey. Right. And so as far as the goal, intellectually, you prepare your right. mind for the journey. That's right. So I think, I think it works forever, all of it, yes, right? What are some things that you believe a leader could do to motivate themselves to accomplish goals? Um, I think going again, going to the SMART acronym, I think putting people in your circle mm-hmm. who can encourage you, a mentor, one of the things we'll talk about as far as having a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those folks, having those positive people in your life to guide, help and guide into uh, to help you along the way. Um I think, again, growing and not only just intellectual, but other ways we've talked about. I think all those things are, are a combination. So and then putting yourself in the position where uh, where you can achieve those goals, mm-hmm. not being afraid, uh, not having an aversion to uh, to fail mm-hmm. or risk aversion. So I think all those things are important to uh, to help yourself accomplish your goals. You have to have all that have a combination of the, the kind of village effect of having a village to help you. So I yeah. think when they, the, 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 uh, the old saying that it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. which I think is, in, is a true, but it also takes a village to, to help you achieve. You have to have a, a good village of people around. Yeah, I believe that that saying, when they said a child, they meant not a human. Like, I mean, yes, a human also. But I think that I, I relate that to um, a lot of stuff. Right. It, it, takes a, it takes a support system and that's what your village is. And it takes a village to, you know, uh, you guys, if you're looking to lose weight, if you're looking to make a particular grade, if you are going through something personally, anything like that, you have to have that support system. You need that village because um, it, it's it takes that. And we're not we're not going to do it alone. Right. We, we don't we want do to alone. do it alone. And we, we never do it. alone. Right. No matter what anybody may say, you, you've never accomplished anything on your own. Right. Now, it takes 
your individual efforts right. to, to do things, right. but, but you always should have a group of people to support you and to help you and to guide you, to help you accomplish anything. I think that's important for anybody. I agree. Um, and I know we've, we've kind of talked about, um, about this point, but the question I have is what does it mean for a leader to desire personal development? And I don't mean that they, they have to have it. They have to be, if they, if a leader goes into it and just desires personally, like, I just want to grow out of this experience. What, what does that mean? How's that going to affect the people that they lead? Well, I think the growth, have that growth mindset. And the most important thing that I think any leader can do is to put people or surround people around you who basically are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. One of the failures, I think, a trap of a leader is to come into a situation thinking that you know everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's very, very dangerous. Right. You always want to put people around you who are basically smarter than you, who, are, who can challenge you intellectually, mm-hmm. uh, who can challenge you internally, who can challenge you physically. I think all those things are, are really, really important. And you put all those folks around in the area to surround you. You all discuss things. Mm-hmm. You talk them out which is the best way to go. And you pick the best way to go right. based on that information. And uh, and I think sometimes the leader has to make the final decision on right. a lot of things. But I think you get smart people around you, you give them direction, uh, you show them the vision, right. and, you, and you let them go do it. Right, right. Yeah, I think those things are really important. Nothing really dissatisfied, I think, of folks who are working with a leader is that the leader has to micromanage everything that's going on. Put the smart people around you, give them the vision, and let them go and let them go achieve the vision. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, uh, I, the whole idea of leading people is to, in my opinion, is to help them grow. Absolutely. Because we are all mentors. Mm-hmm. Where every single person is a mentor to somebody. Um, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. You know, even if you're if you're 14 years old, this I'm going back to my family, my son. Um, I have a seven-year-old niece, totally a mentor to her, mm-hmm. showing her the ropes. You know, oh, they, they you know, learn. She, he taught her how to ride a bike. You know, like they spend a lot of time together. So, even you know, and even my seven-year-old niece, who has a three-year-old brother, totally a mentor to him. You know, showing him the ropes and how to turn on the light switches and you know all those things that toddlers do. So I think it doesn't matter in age or. Um, or leadership status. I mean, we're not calling, we're not calling my seven-year-old niece a leader. We're calling her a mentor, right? Absolutely. She's, she's a mentee. And so I think that's important when you think about the connections that we have as a human family. Right. We're all connected. We're all learning from everybody. Again, going back to the village, uh, the village concept, everybody that we're around, we can learn something from them. Right. No matter how smart they are, we think they may not be, or, you know, how not smart they may not be. And so one of the things that I, when I was uh, campus dean out in uh, Douglasville, and we used to gather everybody around, like on a Monday, mm-hmm. just kind of give them a, a sense of what was going on, you know, update them. And the guy who was the, at that time, he was the custodian out there. Mm-hmm. And I pulled him aside and I said, look, I said, you are just as important as anybody else on this campus. So don't think just because you're the custodian that what you do is not important because it's very important because all we have to have is one time somebody goes into a restroom and it's dirty and that's a reflection mm-hmm. on Georgia Highlands College and this campus. So everybody's important. Right. Everybody's input is important. Everybody should be special on your team. Right. Agree. Um, what have you done in your leadership position as campus dean in Marietta to ensure personal development? My own personal development? Mm-hmm. Um, I think as campus dean, um, 
the things that I've done is put myself in in development, professional development positions, you know, leadership Douglas, uh, some other things, being on the board of United Way, advisory board of United Way, uh, being on the advisory board of communities and schools. So you put yourself in positions where you're working with people in the community who are leaders in the community, right. and you get and you gain that information and that growth from them. Right. And so I think things like that, uh, you know, being a part of the chamber. All those things put you in those in those specific areas where you get to learn and network and grow. I think that's a, a continual process. So you have to like again have to put yourself in those positions right. to do those things. And so you surround yourself with those folks who are really successful and doing all the great things. And uh, sometimes they'll become your mentor. Right. Sometimes they may become an informal mentor. Right. But I think you just put yourself again putting yourself in those positions to grow. Yeah, and I, th- I think that for for anybody listening out there, I know I know we're shooting to target our student body. So the student Students, listen up. Um, if we're talking about personal development and we're talking about being involved in communities and and the like, um, that is fantastic. Maybe you aren't quite there yet. You can reach out to a school club. You can uh, join our undergraduate research that we have going on on the Carsville campus with um, in correlation with Lake Alatoona Research uh, Lake Alatoona Association. Um, you can start small. Maybe volunteer in the library. You'll get to know people and uh, and you'll start to grow and you'll start to feel a little bit more comfortable and be able to take your time and get into those community community um, organizations. Critically important, the uh, often folks talk about the college experience. And uh, one of the things that we face in Marietta, a lot of parents will come to us and say, you know, I want my students to live on campus because I want them to have the college experience. And I say, I said, that's great. There's nothing wrong with it. I said, really, the college experience is getting the, getting yourself immersed in the That's life right. of the college. That's right. Being a part of a club, getting mm-hmm. to know your advisors, getting to know uh, your faculty members, your professors. That's really the college experience. Right. I mean, just living on campus, per se, is not what the college is. not the totality of the college experience. The college is the basic reason for a person they want a kids to live on campus so they can become involved. Right. So sometimes you have a lot of kids who come to college and they don't get involved. They just live in the dorm, they go to class, they come back. I said, that's really the key for it. And, and so getting involved, even on a small scale, clubs, being in leadership positions in the club. Yeah. That's not the one of those things. Have to put yourself out there. Yeah. Are exactly. really so also, I'd like to just add to that, that um, I'll tell you my quick little story and how I ended up um, in several different clubs and the manager, the lab manager of the research project over in Cartersville. I mean, all, all those things I never foresaw. I came to um, Georgia Highlands College in 2019. Uh, all the classes that I chose to take were online. Um, and the reason I did that is because I was a non-traditional student coming back. Let me just ease into it a little bit. We're not going to take any face-to-face science classes yet. And so I did that. And I did that for two semesters. I travel a lot. I pack parachutes. Everybody already knows. Um, and I, you know, wanted to be able to still have that flexibility. So I took the online courses, but I was definitely disconnected. I got an email from Clifton Puckett. You guys check and read the emails that come from Clifton. I know you guys aren't reading them. Read them. Um, and because there's all kinds of cool stuff, like cool flyers about the clubs. And I saw that the psychology club was hosting a, um, a lunch on the green. And 
I got really interested. I was like, you know, I don't know anybody. Uh, you know, let's go see what it's about. You know, I was in taking a couple of psychology classes at the, you know, I still had one or two left to take. Um, and I used those as my electives because I was, you know, I like it, but whatever. And uh, so I ended up coming and here we are in 2021 and I don't miss a meeting. I go to the outings. I'm hosting a hike, you guys, on October 15th over at Red Top Mountain via the um, psychology club. It's free to everybody. So show up at 10 a.m. Um, and and we'll have a, a student's been podcast on that too. So you guys can get the dates and the time. So if you just want to meet, you don't have to sign up for anything. We're just going to be there, bring water and some shoes. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, I think it's just really important, you know, and like you said, you got to want it. And I don't, you know, I, I travel a lot. So it's not like I have a, a big group of people that I'm with all the time. I spend a lot of time alone. So I've ended up, now I am the, you know, I don't even know some sort of title or something in the psychology club. I do all the minutes. I do all the work and send it out. This is what I do. Yeah. Um, but I'm also the president of the book club. Um, shameless plug. And I am also the co-president of Green Highlands. We have a greenhouse on the Cartersville campus in case anybody doesn't know that. So if you guys are into botany, into gardening, into growing your own food, sustainability, um, you know, Look on the website, read Clifton's email. It's in there because we sent it over to him and I've already seen it. Absolutely. So um, do you have any strategies? I know we talked about smart goals, but do you have any other strategies for setting and attaining goals for leaders? Well, I think we uh, talked about it a little while ago, the small steps. Yeah, the small steps. Celebrate the small victories. Yeah. I think that's really, really important because at times the goal that you're trying to reach may seem so large. Right. And, and, I mean, it should scare you some, but I think if you don't celebrate the small achievements, then I think you'll become discouraged and not want to achieve that goal. And uh, so I think it's, it's, it's really critically important to the, the small steps, the small victories. Mm -hmm. You know, the, yes, I, I finished this class. Right. That's a victory. Yes. Um, you know, I got an A in this class. That's a big victory. I never have to take math again. I never take That's math That's a victory. Again. That's a big victory. Yes. I, uh, they, they, they selected me to become uh, president of this club. That's a victory. Right. So I think celebrating those things and making sure that the small, the small attainable steps that you're reaching for any, any specific goal, those are the victories. I think if you look at, for instance, uh, one of my goals this year is to run a half marathon. Now, if I think about <sighs> running 13.1 miles, I'm like, oh, I don't think my body can I did a 15K. That. That's all I had. Yeah. And I don't think my body can take that. So if I think it, from that standpoint, then it's going to be very... I probably get discouraged, mm -hmm. but when I run it, it's that I finished mile one. Mm -hmm. That's a big. Yes, I finished mile two. That's a good. Yes, and so I think doing it in that, in that area, keeping those small steps in front of people, to achieve it. And I think if anybody who's out there who's who's a runner and who runs these uh, marathons, half marathons, uh, you know, fifteen k's, nine point three miles, it's a long way um, to run. And I think anybody who does that, I think if, if you think about it that way and you say, okay. I, Mile one, done. Mile two, check. Mile three, I'm still going. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, only six more miles to go. Only five more miles to go. Yeah. It's the same perception and how you how you word it to yourself. And even you can break it down even smaller than that when you're running mm -hmm. that stop sign. That's what I do too. Mailbox. Mailbox. I'm yeah. going to run to that. I'm going to run to that curtain. Yeah. So you break it down even smaller steps yeah. for you to achieve. Yeah, I do that too. So... I, I know that you're a runner. You're a little, are you adventurous? 
Uh, no. no. <laughs> if you woke up tomorrow with no fear at all, what would you do? With no fear. No fear. You have no no fear. I would probably. One of the things I want to do is uh, to, you know, to write a book. Mm-hmm. And so that probably would be it, just to get up and just say, do the things that are necessary, take the classes, go to me, uh, get a mentor who's written a book. Right. That's probably what I would do. I would write. And now, I, I think I have one in, inside of me somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's, it's going to come out. Now, I have uh, written two uh, children's illustrated books. Really? I've, had, I've done that, and I have one more I'm going to do. But I think just writing uh, probably a novella or something like that, that's the thing. If I just woke up tomorrow without any fear, that's what I would start to That's cool because to me that's scary it is like it's a it's a huge commitment Mm -hmm. right um and just everything all you gotta have you have have to have a mentor you have to there's all kinds of small steps to get to that big goal absolutely yeah um so do you think if i asked you that question five years ago would be the same answer probably so yeah yeah probably so and i think the the small step that I've taken is the the illustrated books. Yeah, that's the smallest thing yeah. I got that accomplished, and uh, just kind of those things going together to help me accomplish that, and do another. That gave me the encouragement to, to move forward, and uh, and I think you know encouragement comes in different ways. Uh, actually, the first illustrated book that I wrote was from a poem I wrote my son when he graduated from high school, <gasps> mm. and uh, and I, I I submitted it to the uh, old red kimono. And they selected it for to be an old red kimono, mm-hmm. and uh, I got some really positive feedback from uh, from colleagues and from professors. And I said, "Hmm, this might be the this is the sign." Yeah. See if I can get to put some illustrated book. Found a uh, friend of of my colleague of mine in Marietta. Uh, put me in touch with a illustrator mm-hmm. and uh, we met in the rest is history. And then the rest is history. That's how it happens. You just wake up one day with no fear, write a book and here we go. Yeah. You've put it out to the universe now. Absolutely. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> what do you believe is the most important thing someone can do for self-reflection? I think having the habit of self-reflection. You really have to, again, it's something that you have to want to do, mm-hmm. becoming self-reflection, becoming self-aware. And I, one of the important questions, I think, of self-reflection that uh, my advisor at UGA would tell me, she said, so what? what is the thing that's holding you back? What's the one thing that's holding you back? So I think if you're going to achieve any type of goal, I think that's an important question to ask yourself. Right. You know, what's what's that one thing that's holding me back today? Right. Uh, is it that I'm just again going back to the running analogy? Is I'm just tired. I don't want to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's holding me back. Or is it is it raining outside? That thing right. That's holding me back. So I think just having that daily self-reflective type of thing and any type of goal that you have, and uh, and then asking yourself that question of what's holding me back. Today? Right. What fear right. maybe holding me back today? So that was always an important thing. And I think when she was asking that again one of those triggers that is say hey this is time to go ahead and, and put that book out that illustrated book out to the universe yes so, you know well what what is holding me back yeah you know you have to think i think that's the really thing you have to have to contemplate yeah what is the thing that's holding me back from achieving my goal right i want everybody out there to understand that we're, i'm sitting across the table from a runner and i loved to run i don't run anymore because of my knees i was not friendly to them on the softball field for 21 years so i but i love to run and I, and I do spend time on elliptical every day. And, you know, when I first started the elliptical, I could do like 30 seconds and I, I can do 30 minutes nonstop. I can put on my 
little Netflix or whatever I want to watch and watch a 30 minute and get off and be like, Whoo, that was a workout, <laughs> you know, but it, it, oh man, it took me, it took me a long time to add to almost two months to kind of build up to it. Cause I was only adding 15, 20 seconds, right. not trying to kill myself. Yeah. It's a marathon, right? It's a marathon. It's a marathon. Um, what do you find are some ways that are an inspiring leader can develop leadership skills? Uh, again, uh, just putting yourself in those positions, mm -hmm. uh, taking courses on leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, again, a mentor who's in a leadership position, uh, going to that person and asking to become a mentor. Mm -hmm. I think those things are critically important because they're probably going to be skills that that person may have if they're in a significant position that you may not have, you haven't developed, they may be a weakness mm -hmm. and you want to make sure you develop those things and strengthen those things. So putting yourself, working on your weaknesses because we all have them, we all have those shortcomings, uh, making those things as strong as you possibly can and your strengths, continue to work on your strengths and continue to develop them. So I think that's critically important. So. And when we're focusing on our weaknesses and we're playing and we're playing on those weaknesses, that's usually where we're seeing the most failure, right? Right. And that takes us right us right back to we need that in our lives we need it in our life because right. we have to keep growing right so we, we've never achieved uh the pinnacle or anything that we and we do and, and so we have to make sure that we continue to grow in each area of life and i think those things are really important that they're having a growth mindset again to continue to grow and to continue to become so i know we we talked about mentorship mentorship is one of my favorite things to talk about, um, mainly because I have a handful of them. You, you don't have to have just one mentor. We're talking about mentorship. Um, I have a lot of them here at Georgia Highlands. Um, how important do you think mentoring is for an aspiring new leader? It's critically important. We all need mentors, mm -hmm. no matter if you're a seasoned person in leadership or if you're a person who's just a novice leadership we all need that so i think that the, the possibility and the need for mentors never ends mm -hmm. it's great that you have you're surrounding yourself with more than one person because you really need more than one mentor. i have a village yeah again the village concept mm -hmm. so i think uh the continue to develop those things uh, inspiringly to put yourself in positions wanting to be in leadership positions putting yourself in positions where you can have uh, you can display your leadership skills mm -hmm. again getting yourself surrounded by that village of people who can inspire you and keep you going in a, in a positive direction how do you think a student who is maybe has taken a leadership class but maybe is thinking oh leadership role could be good for me how, how do you think that or what what is your suggestion to them finding a mentor uh, again, being involved, yeah. get, becoming immersed in the life of the college. Right. Uh, I'm a the assistant director for uh, our game initiative. And one of the things I think they do is that on each campus of our game initiative, we all we have a, a leadership structure. Right. Vice president, president, uh, secretary, the case may be. And we encourage those young men to, to get involved in those particular areas. So having the structures in place, mm -hmm. and then when those structures are in place, again, being risk or not being risk averse, right. going up to say, hey, I would like to be the secretary, can I move up secretary this year? Can I move up to the vice president right. next year, maybe to the president the next year? And then going to those, be involved when you have leadership opportunities, leadership training, making sure you're going to those and making yourself available to those aspects. Right. Well, I wanted to give my listeners, I, I tend to try to give them a Google. I like to think that I'm significantly older than most of the people that are going to listen to this podcast. So my Google that I'm taking away from this episode is going to be, uh, 
Encyclopedia Britannica. If you don't know what it is, I think you should look at it. I think you should give it a Google. Um, I am. I can only imagine. I open. I can think about opening that book now. My grandmother had. Um, she had leaves in between those pages. She had flowers. She had napkins with notes. She had uh, wedding napkins from the seventies, you know, and, but I, I can literally think about right now pulling that book off that shelf and cracking that thing open. Cause there are nice hard bags, right. And smelling it. And I can smell it right now. Yeah. And I bet your, your set probably smelled the exact same way my, my set did. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was part of the fun of it. I know. Cracking it over and smelling that, you know, the, the print yep. and seeing all the, the, the well, and of knowledge and information. Yes. I mean, that just really excited me. And matter of fact, my mom still has a set uh, in her house in Stone Mountain. She still has that set of uh, encyclopedias. Now, the information that is probably so old is probably irrelevant now. Well, I don't know if it's irrelevant. It might be a good starting spot for the Google. Maybe a good start. <laughs> uh, but she still has the heart, those hardback yeah. encyclopedias in, in, in her home. So, but it was a, it was a great start for me. You guys, I have Mr. Ken Reeves. He, uh, you know. Amazing. Thank you so much. He completed a specialist degree in leadership from UGA. He's been in human resources here at uh, Georgia Highlands College. He was named campus dean in Douglasville, and he's our current dean uh, at the Marietta campus. I appreciate all the time that you've given me. Thank you very much. It's been my honor. Thanks so much. It's just really great. I, uh, first time I've done a podcast. So it's. Uh, well, hey, and just so anybody listening, this is how I made this happen. I said I was going to do this uh, podcast, and I didn't really know what kind Kind of reception I was going to get. I thought people might be like, this is a little strange. So I made a flyer and uh, I promoted it as if it were an opportunity for someone to learn how to do a podcast and so much feedback and so much. And man, I, I've, I've made so many good leadership connections that I've, my village is, I mean, what's the next step up from a village? A community, I guess. Community. Yeah, I have a community yeah. now. So, um, you guys, look into the honors projects, uh, the honors program. Um, you do not have to write papers. I, I've done six projects. I've written one paper. So you don't have to write a paper. I think that it scares a lot of people. You know, you know, it's, it's, it is research, but it's enjoyable research. You can be creative. They welcome that. Um, Mr. Reeves, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you.